Will sound, Scotty. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! So we, we haven't sat here together oh, God. properly as a as a podcasting team since did you say it was the Joker episode, Charles? I, I wasn't involved in that one myself. No. So no, it was the, the other was celebration recently. I think here I got a reminder on my phone a couple of days ago of one in twenty eighteen. Mill by mouth, maybe? No, yeah, because you you've done ghost dog. And and didn't up. fucking turn yeah. up. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> it was that night. I was basing it on previous Jim oh, Jarmusch. Cop, <laughs> cop and a half. Oh, yeah. Well, we had to do that. That had been on the cards. I sent you an email for that. <laughs> yeah, cop, cop and a half had been on the cards since day one. Fucking it? It's our turn to. It's How like that become a, a staple? Yeah, cop and a half and Dunstan checks in. <laughs> That's still on the in the Those are two that I saw at the Elephant and Castle Coronet. That's our little Dunstan early. checks in. episode two hundred listeners. Episode two hundred Dunstan checks in. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Charlie's back, Paul. He's back. Yeah. Good. You all right with that? I'm good. I don't have <laughs> to you carry know. you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Drink it in. You haven't missed anything, Charlie, mate. To be honest, I mean, you know, I've been listening to the show, and I think what dawned on me is that. Not doing this has made my film watching habits almost non-existent. I need to push myself to. What we're going to be talking about this evening mm. is a perfect example of a film that I wouldn't be against watching, but would be more compelled to spend some time with, because we're going to be talking about. Yeah, it yeah. Here. To be honest, though, if you're looking for like challenging movies, don't turn to Paul. Right. I've got better. I, he's got better. But you know yeah. that old edge is a Paul like knows what he likes Paul, and likes what he knows. Paul's your taste for me was very much like um, entertainment first, which is yeah. absolutely fine. Uh, yeah. But, uh, not necessarily. You don't necessarily want. I'm like, not watching uh, it for the artistry as such. But you if, are if starting a, to yeah. starting to take notice of directors and cinematography, and that you said this yourself oh, the other yeah, week, especially to, to catch a thief. Catch a Thief, you loved the Paper Moon, you loved as well. Paper Moon's a fantastic Peter, film. Bogdanovich, uh, yes. Yeah. Have you seen it? I've not. I've not seen the last picture show either. Oh. Great film. Great film. I know I mean, those are his two sort of big hitters. Yeah. I remember him in The Sopranos as well at one point. There you go. Oh. Well, Paul loved Paper Moon. It was just one of the films that... Ryan O'Neill? Yeah. Ryan and Tatum. Tatum. Yeah. yeah. It just... Just a beautiful, easy watch. Yeah. I like natural acting. 
So you're just, not aware of it being active. Yeah, especially from like Tame child. O'Neill was brilliant. Wasn't you? Child actors can make or spoil a film. Um, yes, definitely. Because <laughs> some that. of them are so brattish and overacting. Yeah. And, oh, Depends if so they give you an erection or not. But. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. Well, most of them do. <laughs> I'm not picky. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally. they're not ugly. <laughs> I mean, to kill a mockingbird, bloody um, scout. Scout no. was all right. No, it was Dill, wasn't Dill. it? Dill was the one that wound you up. Fake Sony and Mother would love. Oh, notice from <laughs> listening to uh, Rated H. Hello, guys. Because you get a lot of uh, <laughs> domestic sort of based on films that feature families, and I know one of their biggest bugbears is irritating child characters who you yeah. actually end up. Wanting to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, I think as Ben pointed out in a recent episode about the Babadook, that child is annoying, which means we've said this before that actor has done his job because that is the whole point. That is what yeah. he was supposed to do. Child actors are going to be pretty precocious and annoying in everyday life as well, mm. I imagine, to have that oh, kind of confidence. Yeah. And yeah. I'm an actor. There's, off, there's, there's different levels of child acting. I mean, the bottom of the scale we decided was American Werewolf in London with, with the kids with the balloons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A man jumped out of the bushes and stole my balloon. Here, do you remember me. that? Yeah. It's Michael Caine was it? Yeah, but then the peak of the child acting is sort of the Tatum O'Neill. But also, do you remember when we watched that Mads Mikkelsen film, The Hunt? I was thinking about that film the other day. That is fucking dark. It is, isn't it? Yeah. But what a great movie. If you've not seen it, you're not a big fan no. of, of subtitles. We know this, but... What's the subject? He's a teacher, isn't he? Teacher in a kind of nursery in Denmark, isn't he? Yeah, and and the and one of the kids just tells a lie, basically relating to something that he's done or hasn't done. Hasn't done, but because of the nature of the village, and it's all very kind of everyone's aware of each other. You know, very close. And it's that pitchfork and yeah, and and, and the lie just snowballs and it just goes to different. The one we watched the. Was it Swedish vampire movie? Oh, let um, the right one in. Let the right one in. Mm. Child actors in that. It's weird, isn't it? You know, because yeah. to, to to judge an act uh, an actor that is speaking in a foreign language, he's like, well, is that good acting or not? Mm. Well, and well, to act, re- acting in general. But then yeah, a lot, yeah. a well, lot of that it. film wasn't so much a dialogue. It it was their body language, and you, you didn't. Even if even if you it. didn't have the subtitles on, you you could have grasped the premise yeah. of what they were doing and saying. I think that was one of the first films where you actually turned around and said, "You've actually taken notice of mm. the movie as an art form as such." In that right. case, because visually it was something that he yeah. wasn't expecting. You're not a fan of horror, are you, Paul? I no, and I wouldn't even class that particularly as horror. But art I know horror. it comes under mm. that genre. Have you both seen uh, the Irishman? No. no. There's a, a girl in that, a young girl who's playing Robert De Niro's character's daughter, and she pretty much doesn't say anything, but she's just fantastic. Like the basically the stuff that she's witnessing that her father's doing, yeah. the violence, and just, the, just how her she, reaction. She internalizes yeah. the horror, and yeah. just, oh. and I think Anna Paquin plays her when she's older. Oh right, yeah. But it, as a as a young girl, the character is absolutely superb in that. Highly recommend. We'll be looking at that again. It's a three-hour one, isn't it? See, we're mm. we're getting old now, Charlie. You know, a three-hour movie is a big commitment for me and him. <laughs> I went to the uh, the cinema to watch that, even though it came out on Netflix a couple of weeks later, <laughs> yeah, because I knew because it was in that format 
the temptation to just pause and make a cup of tea. That's it. If you're in the cinema, you're committed. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is half the trouble with the availability of the movies now is you've got that ability to pause, to look at your phone and then rewind and watch it again yeah. sort of thing. And it, you don't give it, you often don't give a movie the full attention it deserves. No. What I've found as well is that films that I've ended up thinking of been quite pedestrian have probably suffered because I haven't been as intently focused on them as I would in a cinema. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the big things about COVID as well, guys, isn't it? Because we were saying sort of off air, there hasn't been a great deal of content out there. No, it's been very much your movies that would go straight to Blu-ray or DVD yeah. anyway, isn't I'm it? I'm glad it's... Craig Fairbrass has still got a career, though. You know, I think he probably got to number one in the chart at one point with that yeah. late, latest movie. He's got. And Billy Murray, I think, is doing quite well at the moment. Charlie Creed Miles. <laughs> but there was a point, actually, when I, I gave up on my Odeon cinema card as well, because mm. for it to be worthwhile, we, we worked out, you know, you, you only have to go to the cinema... Twice a month Twice a month something. or something, yeah. and you made your money Which back doesn't on. sound huge. No. But... I was struggling. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a Cineworld card up mm. until about three or four years ago, and I would be loving it when there was enough on for me to justify it. Yeah, you, you it, get but, to, like, I don't know, middle of July, start of August, when... You know they're going to put a load out because of the school holidays. Yeah, the blockbusters, some yeah. blockbuster time. Isn't but it? Yeah. then you got to wait till Christmas again for like any real use again. Yeah, yeah. So I just gave up on it, um, and obviously nobody's been to the cinema in the last year. Um, but at the same time, I mean, what's the biggest movies that have come out since lockdown? And I'm pretty sure Paul would have watched them. Wonder um, Woman, Soul, Soul. What's yeah. the one no one could understand? Um, Inception. Yeah, that kind of thing. Oh, Tenet. Tenet. Yeah. Oh, cool shit. Yeah. Kev, some... Kev's raved about that. I've Kev watched it. it. Mm. Uh, I need to watch it again, I think, because mm. I was just like, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Christopher Nolan. I mean, mm. um, Kev loves it. Absolutely adores that film. Um, um, yeah, I've watched Wonder Woman. That was okay. Mm. Not as good as the first one. Yeah. I didn't find. Yeah. If I look at my letterbox, I'll try and see what the most current film. Yeah, I've see what I've been there. doing since I've got Netflix. I'm just sort of taking a, a deep dive into them documentary things they've been doing. Mm. Um, don't fuck with cats. That, uh, uh, Luca Magnotta. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant little three part or four part documentary series. It's fascinating. Yeah. They managed to track him down. And that. Yeah. Oh, and, and what was the one in the um, the hotel? The, the hotel in LA where the, the Asian lady was in the lift. Oh, I haven't seen that. Emily Lamb. That. I think it was Emily Lamb or something. Um, the Cecil Hotel. Uh, brilliant. Absolutely. Netflix have, have, have cornered the market. T Tiger King. I haven't watched that yet. You know, no. no. I don't want to. No? I don't really know the story, so don't spoil it for me. Because uh, Louis Farouk was a documentary on BBC One yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Because he interviewed him yep. a year or so before what happened. Ah, happened. right. So don't don't give it away to me. Then I'll I'll have a little look. They were um, hoping that he'd get a pardon from 
the end of Trump's Trump, presidency. Yeah. I think. Well, I don't tell me because I really don't know what the story is. I know there's a murder involved and tigers. Tigers That's and mullets. It, yeah. I mean, it was good. <laughs> it was good, but I think what happened is because it came out at the perfect time. Yeah. It was just escapism. It was something stupid that people had were just trawling through bloody Netflix trying to find something interesting. Like, this is new. Let's have a look. Yeah. That happened with... Oh, that Sandra Bullock thing, horror, Bird Box, a couple of Christmases right, ago, because there was nothing on terrestrial TV or anything, yeah. and there was this brand new movie getting its premiere on Boxing Day, I think it was, on Netflix, yeah. and everybody watched it. It's the way it's going now, though, guys, isn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the movie producers are being offered so much money to sell it to Netflix, like a couple hundred million, that... It's worth the gamble of saying, well, do you know what? I'll have that and yeah. repeat fees and whatever because it's guaranteed money rather than trialling it out yeah. of the box office. But yes. they're also doing deals, aren't they, where it gets a two-week run at the cinema first, like the, yeah. like the yeah. American did or whatever. Oh, sorry, the Irishman, the Irishman did. Yeah. Um, that is not new. But I had to go to an independent cinema for that. That's not new, though, because you think they used to do it at theatres before they'd done it on films. Because, and I'll tell you why. Is he going with this? I'm intrigued, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sabrina was on at the theatres for a year before it got made into a film Seamless. because they bought the rights to it but were told that it had to run at the theatre first and it ran for 318 episodes first at the theatre. Why are you randomly mentioning Sabrina for? Well, <laughs> because... <laughs> That might be the movie we're reviewing this week. It is. It is. This is just just a seamless, as you said, Charlie. It's, it's, it's as if he scripted that. It's like Wilder wrote it himself. It is. And actually, did you notice in the movie, we will get to the review properly at some seven point, year itch. the seven-year itch was mentioned as well. Yeah, twice. So they've gone yeah. to the, the theatre to see the stage production of Seven Year Itch. Because that was uh, Billy Wilder. Billy Wilder it? and Marilyn Monroe, Tom Yule, yeah. 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 Do you want to talk about Sabrina then? Why not? Okay, let's play the trailer. We'll be back after this. Trailer! 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 <laughs> There's no doubt about it, they're having a ball and you're all invited. Humphrey Bogart and William Holden as the two wealthiest brothers in America and captivating Audrey Hepburn as Sabrina, the chauffeur's daughter who ran away to Paris to learn about life and came back home to live it in a great big way. It's Sabrina. Isn't it amazing? Would you have recognized her? How do you like those legs now? David. Aren't they something? David. The last pair of legs that was something cost the family $25,000. Bill Holden stands his engagement party on its ear when he shows up with Sabrina instead of his fiancée. Oh, Sabrina, Sabrina, where have you been all my life? Right over the garage. And when Humphrey Bogart kisses her in the moonlight, look what happens to him. We're all in the family. She's got them both in a spin, but only one can win. And even the board of directors can't head off the explosion when these two meet head on. Now, how about that, gentlemen? That's enough, David. Well, I thought it was common knowledge about you and Sabrina. <laughs> Come on, we 
want to talk about Sabrina? You want to talk about Sabrina? Let me tell you about Sabrina. For fuck's sake. Sabrina, released in 1954, directed, as we said earlier, by Billy Wilder, starring Audrey Hepburn, Humphrey Bogart, William Holden. Synopsis. Chauffeur's daughter, Sabrina, Audrey Hepburn, returns home from two years in Paris. A beautiful young woman and immediately catches the attention of David, played by William Holden, the playboy son of her father's rich employers. David woos and wins Sabrina, who has always been in love with him. However, their romance is threatened by David's serious older brother Linus, played by Humphrey Bogart, who runs the family business and is relying on David to marry an heiress in order for a crucial merger to take place. Well, that's about it. Got it? <laughs> Done. First time watch. I mean, you guys love a bit of Humphrey Bogart, a bit of Audrey Hepburn. A bit of Billy Wilder. A bit of Billy Wilder. You'd heard of this movie. Absolutely. Yeah, I've yeah. seen the 95 version, I think. Yeah. But n- no inclination to have watched this before. Nope. Or... Oh, I can never judge Paul's mood, <laughs> Charlie. That's something that hasn't changed over the years. I just can't judge where he's going to go with a review. Well... I can tell you that I watched it last weekend. Yep. And I watched it again this oh, morning. Oh, then that's a good sign. That's a good is sign. Is it? Or yeah, did it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nah, that's a good sign for Paul. No, I just wanted to remind myself of it. And yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank God for that. I was wondering what way you'd go with this, but I thought, no, this is this moves at a decent pace and it has a yeah, bit of a, a modernity about it, I would say, as well. Yeah, so. it's, it's what people think rom-coms... Is a recent thing, but this was definitely a rom com of its day, wasn't it? Of course yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah, I find it quite typically Wildarian, if that is a. Well, yes, very what a Wilderian. nice word. And it's, it's, it's more rom com than, say, chick flick. It's definitely a difference mm. there. It deserves to be a, a classic movie, I think, because of who's in it and who's behind the camera. But I don't think it gets mentioned as much as, say, Roman Holiday or Breakfast at Tiffany's no. in regard to Audrey Hepburn. And then when you talk of Humphrey Bogart, you go 10, 15 years earlier and you talk about the Casablanca and the and the gangster stuff. But this was a very, very strange outing for Bogart to do, wasn't it? I mean, this wasn't his tip. It was wasn't a typical Bogart film. It's one of his last movies as well. Yeah, isn't it? a couple of years later, he died. I think he's yeah. looking quite elderly. Point yeah. in the film. Fifty-three yeah. when he filmed this. Yeah, oh, okay. And he died a couple of years later, as you say, didn't he? Not, yeah. not too long. Again, that that bizarre example of one of those May to December romances that we had in To Catch a Thief, where yeah. uh, you know she's, she's twenty-two. Yeah, but I mean they were fifty-three and twenty-four respectively, so nearly thirty years between them. Um, but. It's strange, Hepburn, at the start of the film, before she went to Paris and she's playing a, what must be a 20-year-old then at the time, or late teenager. I'd have said late teenager. Yeah. Yeah. She did look... She looked even younger than that at one point, didn't she? Yeah. And her acting portrayed that of like a... Teenage spoiled brat, almost sort of thing. Love sick. Yeah, of, yeah, not spoiled. Yeah. It was more in awe of what was going on in the big house and unrequited love. For I, her. I did like the scene where she was trying to. Well, they made light of her trying to commit suicide, but um, <laughs> <laughs> with the eight cars all going in the same garage, garage yeah, 
I mean, that would kill someone very quickly. There's a big garage at a, a very high ceiling. <laughs> yeah. like <it> was... <laughs> but one thing I did that, check mm. on that, or wondered about that, is after she was saved and taken back upstairs, yeah. and was off to Paris the next day, Yeah. no mention of the suicide note that <laughs> she'd that. popped under the father's like, door. Oh, yeah, that... No mention of it whatsoever. I mean, the only conclusion I could reach was that her father would have dismissed it yeah. as the, the typically sort of lovesick action that she was. Was it, was it yeah. something she's done quite often? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Not the first oh, time she's done being, it. Being a drama queen again, yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, it was It was made light of the theme of suicide, but I suppose it had to, really, because yeah. it just made the film oh, so say, totally yeah. uneven. It, it, yeah. it is a strange... Thing to sneak into a romantic comedy, isn't it? Like a suicide. You do act. get it in a lot of films of this era where mm. they deal with quite dark subjects like that. And I'm wondering if it's like a hangover of the Great Depression where suicide was such a prevalent thing, but they have to deal with it, obviously, with yeah. the right amount of levity. Yeah, because I mean, later in the film, they also talk about being on the ledge and of course, jumping oh, off. Oh, there's that, yeah, is that the ledge? Yeah. She says, isn't yeah. she? <laughs> Even though it looked like the ground floor at first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. a garden. It wasn't, wasn't much of a ledge, it was actually like a, a, a huge balcony. It was yeah. really more of a father's for justice thing <laughs> yeah. that he was doing, I think. <laughs> um, oh, but, I mean, even the French chef, oh, he was Brilliant. Funny. Just done the comic he, effect, wasn't it? Just... Yeah. Just so fantastic funny. Right, we spent the last week teaching you how to boil water. <laughs> it, it, the great <laughs> thing about that was, though, that as absurd as it was, it was quite close to the truth, that kind of pretentious oh, yeah. Yeah. doing something very simply but yeah. elevating it as, as being a height form. of sophistication. Mm. New egg. <laughs> <laughs> All in the wrist. <laughs> uh, and, and again, that probably is to also emphasise how long she's going to be away because if it takes a week yeah. for them to boil water yeah, and, and another week one to of the letters egg. is oh the last four weeks on soups because we've yeah. just done sauces or something yeah. so <laughs> it, it just sort of highlights how long she's actually in France but again that scene in the the, the helps quarters or whatever in the kitchen yeah. where they're all reading hanging the around reading the letter and they're all Saying, oh, oh, she she hasn't written much about David. That's good. Mm. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's, that was my favourite passage. In yeah, it was just brilliant. I was gutted though because The Simpsons quite clearly copies it for a Treehouse of Horror episode. Oh, All right, okay. Um, I think Homer goes and buys a, a crusty doll for Bart. It's from like you know, like the shop at the beginning of Gremlins. Yeah, All right, okay, yeah. And yeah, I won't I won't spoil it if you've not seen it because it's really funny to watch. But yeah, it was. The great thing about that was is that that was fairly early in the film and it showed me how influential this film is in terms of modern yeah. comedy. Yeah. I mentioned at the beginning that there is quite a modern feel to the humour in this. Yeah, yeah. It is. Well ahead yeah. of its time, I think. Because that, that was it. It was like, she she doesn't think about David much. That's good, apart from at night. That's, That's bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> she says that she ripped up the photo of David. That's, That's good. Yeah. She's asked me if I can send her some scotch tape. That was That's it. bad. <laughs> Uh, it's just a brilliant bit of like because each of the help in the kitchen had a had a <laughs> sort of go. Oh, uh, it's very good. Uh, one thing to say about that as well, without jumping the gun, is that I felt like it was very much a film of two halves. 
So like the first maybe hour, so it's about hour and fifty five minutes. This film it was nearly two hours, I think. The yeah. first yeah. hour is very comical, very knockabout, almost uh, delving into the genre of the screwball. It was yeah. very comedy. screwball, yeah. almost. Yes, I, I can agree with and that. And then it's yeah. when um, Sabrina returns from Paris that it kind of it, it gets slightly more serious. Never fully serious, but it, it slows down in its pace yeah. and it becomes a little bit more. Based on narrative, then yeah, and and there's a lot of concentration on just those characters rather than, and then the first hour has been a variety of characters, snappy short scenes, mm. almost vignettes, and then yeah, and then like in a certain hour you get longer, kind of more um, character development, ca- character, or character investigation, character sort of investigation, and longer scenes between uh, Hepburn and Bogart. I noticed as well, yeah. so it's slightly the. the the pacing of the film changes quite dramatically. Well, that highlights its stage roots then, obviously, doesn't it? The two halves, you know, where the interval yeah. would have been at that point. Then she comes back from Paris in Act Two. But I think also the fact that um, when they bought the rights to the film and mm. started filming the film, mm. that they didn't have the whole film written. Oh, right, okay. So they did like a, they were doing a lot of it on the fly. They did like a Godfather or an Italian job. <laughs> Paramount used to do that a lot. E- <laughs> even to the point where they were writing at lunchtime and filming that scene in the afternoon. Bloody hell, thing. okay. Um, it doesn't show, though, does it, in no, terms of the quality, I right. think. But, um, no, I, I don't think you could look at that film and say, oh, that bit didn't need to be in it, or that could be shortened or whatever. There was no was, padding, was there? No. That's an extremely impressive um, achievement for a comedy because it's almost inevitable that there will be flabbiness in a comedy because yeah. not every joke is going to hit home. The father got me. I think it was a brilliant character. Perfect example of a screwball character. Yeah. Perfect example. In the wardrobe, smoking. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly. randomly. I don't mind you smoking in my room, but not in my wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. Randomly. Yes. <laughs> And the olive scene, trying to get get the the last olive out of that. Just fantastic. But that's Billy Wilder for you, mate. Yeah, that's what it boils down. There was fast becoming my favourite filmmaker, but we'll go on to that. Okay. Yeah, I I mean, I love uh, some like it hot, and you could see so much sort of that screwball comedy the year after as there. well, I yeah. think, yeah. isn't it? It's 1954 this was made. Yeah, it's all that era. You do find with Billy Wilder, even though he had a long sort of illustrious career and there was a good amount of range, in his most famous movies there were these recurring tropes of like, you know, the iconic beautiful actress, whether yeah. it's uh, Monroe or uh, McLean or, yeah. or Hepburn or uh, Stanwyck. Yeah, right. of course. Um, yeah, would have been. There's yeah. all it, everything gravitates in these films around, a, a, if not a female lead, a, a hugely important female an, character, an important part of the story. Uh, like yeah. when when um, Hepburn returns from Paris, she wow. literally glows. She oh, literally glows on the screen. Stunningly beautiful. Yeah, and not just beautiful, but uniquely beautiful. I think. Yeah. As well, in comparison yeah, you... to the stars of her day, we, we it's unconventional, it. isn't it? it for, yeah. For some reason, it just works. That this slight, skinny, I think short the, the pale skin with the dark hair as well, just as set. opposed to the the well built buxom, which is the yeah. same era. Marilyn Monroe was pretty much at her peak yeah. around about 1954, 55. You know, just this sort of time. So, mm. for for um, Audrey Hepburn to be presented on screen as a sex symbol, which 
I think she is in this. There's oh, no absolutely. denying yeah. that she's not there just to, for dramatic purposes. She's there as eye candy as well. With what seemed quite a radically short hairstyle in the second. Yeah, yeah the gaming yeah. hairstyle, which yeah. was became a thing, didn't it? You know, how familiar are you, you, Paul, for example? I know you may be Charles, but Audrey Hepburn movies. You love My Fair Lady, Paul. We know absolutely that. Absolutely love it. Yeah. But have you seen like Roman Holiday or I, any of the others? I don't or? think I've seen anything else that she's been in. Oh, oh, this could be interesting. We could get some more lined up for you then. Mate. Even the ones we've looked at that are so long ago. Roman, Roman Holiday, Holiday we did God. years um, ago. Now, so yeah. we haven't done Breakfast, Breakfast at Tiffany's, but that's not. I I tweeted out when I was watching this, that I think this is possibly my favourite Audrey Hepburn movie. Or, or certainly my favourite Audrey Hepburn performance. Yeah. Um, just because, as you said, and it's a bit it's a bit misogynistic because she is so beautiful in this film. Um, and that's a combination of not just her looks, it's also the gowns and the, and the costumes and yeah, stuff like and I that. Yeah, I think the, the character she plays in this is so aloof. In her sort of undying love and naivety. The naivety, exactly, yeah. But all her roles seem to be about transformations, don't they? Whether it's My Fair Lady or Roman Holiday or this. That's true. It's about being one way in a certain part of the film yeah. and having to undergo a change in order to get what she wants or to yeah. fit into Make that. Make herself noticed. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I think she does that really well. And the fact that she can do that in several films shows her range even in a short mm. space of time Bogart thought she couldn't act at all um, he didn't like acting with her said she she was taking too many takes for each one and wanted Lauren Bacall as well, of course Sabrina. he did he was married to her at the time yeah <laughs> imagine him being quite curmudgeonly by this stage in his yeah. life as well, well yeah he's he's a huge huge star by the time this has come to I think he was somewhat miscast in this yeah it's, it's the era of do you know who was cast for it Fred McMurray, Cary Grant, Cary Grant. That would have been cool. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm not knocking his performance in this. He just no. felt like it was you more needed, like his star. Yeah, you needed someone more comedic. I think yeah. in in that. This falls in that conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago, Paul, about to catch a thief. That round about this time, your method actors, your Marlon Brando's, your Jimmy Deans were coming in. A new era. A new era. So the old school Hollywood guys were feeling pushed out, weren't they? Which is why Grant retired round about this yeah. time and only came back because Hitchcock wanted him for to catch a thief. And that, that that's an already successful formula between those two people yeah. as well. Yeah. No, no, because he didn't do North by Northwest until a couple that of years was, after. That was after. That was after. after. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it's of that era where there's the new kids on the block and people like Bogart probably yeah. haven't got that much of a... No. Influence anymore? I know I no. like a Tarantino analogy, but it's very much like Robert Forster or yeah. John Travolta returning yeah. in the films that they did yeah. for Quentin. Yeah, yeah. And does it work? I mean, because the whole point is he's supposed to be the older brother, and he definitely is. He, yeah, I mean, is he, is, he, is, he, is he too old? You know, this is what I'm getting. At. Well, he was 18 years older than William Holden. Okay. So that's uh, that's quite a gap. I think that maybe the only reason it does work is because the film is so quick to stress the difference in their personalities. Yeah, because mm. one was the out-and-out out businessman 24 hours a day and one's the playboy, basically. Absolutely. And yeah. he always sort of frightened her to a certain extent that she was growing up. He was always the distant one that she couldn't relate to. Mm. She's shocked about the fact that he has the capacity to fall in love with someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, the, the, the reason for him doing it is purely business initially it's purely for a business sense it's quite know. a clever plot device I thought mm. yeah 
and quite a good deal <laughs> if yeah. I was her. <laughs> 50 grand an apartment and uh, and a car. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Thank you very much. I like the fact that it's her father who's against it because he is a stickler for social convention. Yeah. And funnily enough, I was mentioning before we started recording that I've been watching The Crown. Mm. And so much of the, the stuff that happens in that is based on the propriety of a marriage and whether two people should be in a yeah. relationship with one another. Well, they mention it a couple of times in there because he's a chauffeur. There's a front seat, there's a back seat. Yep. And a window and in a between. And a window in between. And even to the point where Bogart tells him that he's a snob. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I never realised he was <laughs> such a snob. Because like, he is. And I mean, um, we've seen... John Williams in the previous film. Part of the reason I chose the movie, yeah. he reminded me when we watched The Catch a Thief that he was in this film. So that's part of the reason I brought it. And absolutely perfect for that role. Great, isn't he? He's a great actor. Because he's got actor, that posh English accent. And, yeah, it, if you find posh English people in America at that time in sort of history, they're usually the help. And <laughs> yeah. But also yeah, they are true. there because he's sort of like impinging British traditions on... Because I'm guessing the family in this film is the closest thing they would have to something like a royal family. That yeah. Long Island high society. Oh, yeah, mega yeah. rich, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's the one who wants to uphold that kind it's, of thing. It's almost like the Hamptons of today sort of thing, of isn't it? Long Island back yeah. then, yeah. Gatsby, and well, it's sort of quite yeah. some time after Gatsby, but it's... It's in that vein. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about Billy Wilder. T- tell me about Billy Wilder, Charlie. He's, I mean, he's got an interesting life as it is because I think he was born in Austria. Yes. Um, but I just, I've, I've seen quite a few of his films now. I was going to say he didn't invade Poland. <laughs> Bit of a painter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's walk, walk that's all he has to say about an entire sovereign nation. Mm. Just lighten him to Hitler. <laughs> That's the reference. Just because he's Austrian. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. Short Austrian guy. Some of that or bodybuilder. <laughs> Excellent. Paul's Paul probably seen more Billy Wilder than he knows, actually. Yeah, really. it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, some like it, oh, it's one of your favourite movies. It is, yes. Sydney Apartment? Sensational film. No. Yeah, okay. Absolutely um, brilliant film. Uh, what was the other one? We was just hinting at Dublin Indemnity. Paul would not have seen because it's uh, film noir. The Lost Weekend I've seen as well. That's a great film. Oscar Best Picture Oscar nineteen forty five. I think the it first was person's... Ray Milland. I was to... reading about Sorry. Wilder. He directed, produced sixteen films in which Oscars were won mm. by the either Best yes. Actor or Best Actress. That's incredible, yeah, wasn't it? Like it? It's just mm-hmm. such a great yeah. indictment of his ability to write and direct. Everybody wanted to work with him as well. That's yeah. the thing. He was, he was such a great director to work with. And as you said, Charlie's fast becoming your favourite director. Just, I've not, I mean, I'm sure there are a few missteps in there, but everything I've seen of his work, I've been... I can't even say I was impressed by this film because I went into it with a certain level of expectation based on who was actually involved. Yeah. yeah. Well, you see Bogart and Hepburn on the... And you think, oh, OK, yeah. That can right. go both ways as well, yeah. can't it? Because you I remember... over But this doesn't scream massive Hollywood classic, this movie, does it? It's it's, all, it's almost B-movie. In, in his repertoire, certainly. Uh, yeah. I think... I, I think this is one of those films... You know, like today, if... 
you pick a couple of Oscar winners from last year and mm. put them in a film, mm. it's not necessarily going to be a good film. Yeah. And that's more or less what this was done because Bogart had won an Oscar a couple of years earlier, I think. Mm. Uh, Hepburn had won one a year earlier for... Would have been Roman Holiday. Roman Holiday. Yeah. So it's that case of, well, these two actors are popular at the moment. Let's put them together. Mm. And as you say, it doesn't always work. Um, On All the Best Lines, Tom, Adam and Smokey spoke about His Girl Friday. Yeah. And if you look at the actual ingredients of that film, you go into it thinking, oh, fantastic. This will be... Absolutely amazing, and it, yeah. it's based an awful on, film. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it can can be a gift and a curse. Yeah, can't yeah, because you expect you think, oh, they're both great actors. Doesn't matter about the acting if the script shit. Yeah, yeah. So, no. so in in some respects, it makes it a better film because it passes that potential pitfall with flying colours. Mm. Did you think there was a bit of a reference back to Casablanca, though, in terms of the, the Paris and the Paris, thing? the Paris yeah. thing, straight away? It was almost yeah. like he was trying to kind of be an antidote to the, yeah. the depression. I went to Paris once for 35 minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been Shannon Airport these days. <laughs> so I'm getting the feeling you liked it because Paul watched it twice. Yep. See, that's a good sign because you'd reject it immediately if... As opposed to, I well, need to reappraise it. Yeah. Go- going back in time, my stinking pause thing would be I'd watch it literally just before I came up here. True, yeah. Um... And then you'd have it fresh in your mind, but... You hadn't absorbed it, had you? Yeah, you'd watched it in an analytical style. Yeah. And as I said about the last film, To Catch a Thief, it's like, I watched it a week before. But we had a big gap, didn't we, before we recorded it? Yeah, I watched it it about three or four weeks before. Yeah. Watched it, enjoyed it, and then you can watch it again, not having to pay so much attention, but being a little bit more concentrating on... Nuance and... Yeah, direction and cinematography. Which is what you've done with To Catch a Thief. It was like recognising the Hitchcock touches and the, mm. and the the styles and the things that go, well, that's definitely a Hitchcock movie because that happened. And you were just picking up on stuff that two years ago you would not even have considered. No. No. You would have been... Didn't like that film. Oh, before we, we started doing the podcast in general, I couldn't really name more than a handful of cinematographers or anything I'm still not great on that sort no. of thing but now I'll watch a film based on who the director of photography is that's mm. the difference that doing this kind of thing makes yeah really. it does it it makes you watch films differently if you let it yeah I yeah. mean we all still love to sit down and watch some I don't know stupid like Men in Black yeah what things did we like use, that what just, did we used to call them Charlie balls out action movies exactly. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we all love just to sit down and forget about the world for a couple of hours Switch of what's going off. on yeah. and just watch something that's a bit of fun mm. but Not Ken Bigley's execution he's <laughs> <laughs> back folks <laughs> Um, just the fact you brought up saying that happened fucking how long ago I don't know but I remember watching it in the school library <laughs> so, what on the telly that they wheel out yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's raining the computer, today the computer annex yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's raining kids so you Not can't go out in the playground fish. we've got this video turned up in a jiffy bag <laughs> the school <laughs> 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 oh. We, I don't know what this is. We watched Geordie Racer last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to have him back. Um, 
Where were we? Before I have we were so no idea. Really, like distracted. Right, you were talking about the fact that you'd watched it twice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I like to watch it to enjoy and then watch it to pay a bit more attention yeah. to. I think that's really important because I've always said you can either like a film based on it being the twilight of when you watched it, like you watched it ages ago and you've forgotten some of the flaws, mm. or you can watch a film just before you discussed it and kind of be in the, the immediacy of it yeah, without I, I, really internalising it. I feel it, if you if you were to watch a film like this literally an hour before we come up here or whatever, for the first time, you're just going to be analytical and you're probably going to be negative because you're going to be looking for things. The, the suicide yeah. note. And yeah, you're, you're looking for errors, you're looking for flaws in it's it. It's going to be an average movie, isn't it? Yeah. Because there's nothing spectacularly sensational about this film that sets it aside from no. something of this era but at the same time when you watch it again or you have the time to reflect on it you notice things like how good the father's character was you know the yeah. um, the Larrabee father how good he was I said there's lots but, of injections of slight humour throughout which you probably would miss on yeah. the first viewing and I don't think, from what I'm getting from you two guys, it'll be in your top 50 or even necessarily in your top 100. But it's something you both enjoyed and both appreciated, really. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I think you're wrong. I think it might be in my top 50. Wow. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I think Sophia Loren... Well, I'd is... like to... Where, where, where did she appear? Sophia Loren? Yeah. <laughs> Who was she? Uh, I, I might be Audrey, <laughs> Audrey Hepburn. Did you watch the director's cut or something? Yeah. Yeah. What right. film were you she, watching? She, she was the body double. Yeah, completely even though she's different about, body she, Even though she's about 16 stone heavy, I didn't all yeah. that. I'm a massive well, pair of norks. I had a lot, <laughs> a lot of CGI back then. <laughs> cut this bit. So, no, I'm keeping that in there. Fuck off. That's your Peter Sellers, my <laughs> It's not as bad as that, don't worry. <laughs> well, we played all the characters. <laughs> we don't mention that much. <laughs> um, yeah, yes. I, I really enjoyed it. I I think she is such a stunningly beautiful woman with a great talent for acting, but almost, unique, though, almost under-acting. Um, just so doesn't put too much into it. That's what it looks like. It's yeah. just natural. She's got that a really charming thing without ever kind of going into being twee mm. either. That's that's quite a skill. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's fantastic in this. I think really like William Holden's performance as well. Just about to ask, what did you think of William Holden? I, think... I didn't particularly warm to him as a character. Mm -hmm. Which, um, in some respects, is yeah. good acting. Um him and Hepburn had a love affair throughout this movie in real life. Well, he also was with Grace Kelly as well. Yeah. yeah. She only split with him because he couldn't have kids. Huh? I think it was about then she went off with Mel Ferrer, wasn't it? I think, or Jose Ferrer, one of the. Mia Ferrer? Mia Ferrer. <laughs> no, I think Frank Lampard was giving her. <laughs> Frank Lampard? Frank Sinatra was giving her one. I've only had two beers. <laughs> Frank Lampard giving one to uh, Mia Farrow. So, so tonight's yeah. tonight's movie, Frank Lampard and Sophia Loren. Excellent. In... I'm, I'm, get, I'm working on the photo shot of that. <laughs> Thankfully, I realised. In Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Frank Sinatra was rumping her by that point, wasn't he? <laughs> what, Mia Farrow? Yeah. That was a 60s thing, yeah. It might have been mid Rosemary's Baby year, well, I think. It was. it was, it was the time they went to Las Vegas and he bought the Sands, wasn't it, and all of that. And sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not Frank Lampard. That's Christina Bleakley. So... This is why I like us guys sitting together in the same. I might in a cunt of myself again. (laughs) Again, I've done it as well. No, not necessarily the the, the faux pas, but just the fact that the three of us are sitting there having a bloody laugh talking about a movie that, you know, we haven't been able to do for a long time. Um, Paul's got notes and he's scanning them no, I, fu- I, I'm furiously. Just, I'm kind of just checking. I had an impression that Paul had enjoyed the film just by the fact that he had notes. Oh, that's, that's me a bit more. He's actually got a notebook though. as well. Nice. Though, he left here after To Catch a Thief the other week. Have you looked through it? Is it just <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> see the stuff women with knives in their heads? Yeah, and you see the yeah. stuff he writes about you in there. <laughs> <laughs> Getting bummed it, by Frank Lampard. It, no, no, it's, it's, it's like almost carved into the paper. It's like that cunt is coming back. <laughs> Literally, you know, and then there's a picture of like this chubby cheeked little like cherub. Oriental looking gentleman. Yeah, with, with like an arrow through his head. Like, so, it's just like... <laughs> oh. so, what did you think of Frank Lampard's? Uh, um, played well up front, uh, midfielder. So you've embarrassed yourself now. It was, it was a film of two hours. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one to assess because you get the nail in the head when you said there's nothing that kind of sets it aside as a blockbuster it's just very very good yeah. it's a perfect example of a great movie I want to say average movie but it's not average you know it's just a classic movie from the mid 50s that isn't really spoken about as much as some of the other stuff that we mm. see or hear about and at the same time, it's like you said, the elements are all there. There's Bogart, there's Bacall, there's Billy Wilder. Bogart and Bacall, I've done it now. There's Bogart, there's Hepburn. <laughs> the <hat> yeah. <laughs> there's Bogart, there's Hepburn, there's Billy Jones Wilder. was an actual fucking actor. <laughs> yeah, of that time. <laughs> and it yeah. doesn't get mentioned in us. tight. But I know what you mean. But it's, So Paul's taken away a lot from this. What about you, mate? Come on, it's like... Something you ain't seen, but it's a Billy Wilder movie, so it's going to be up there for you. I think the only thing that doesn't elevate it quite to the heights of some of his other work is because of what his other work is, if that makes sense. So for me, The Apartment, Some Like It Hot, Double Indemnity, those are not just great films, but fucking iconic films yes. as well. And this, yeah. I think this isn't iconic. It's a little one that's almost gone under the radar a little because in, of the greatness of the other ones. Absolutely. It's his Jackie Brown or something like that, I yeah. guess, where it's it's not... It's appreciated better years later. Yeah. Probably I'm, not so much I mean, I'm not time. sure how successful it was at the time. Um, but cost 2.2 million and only made 4 million at the box office. So that that is quite a... That's it with microcosm, I think. Mm. That That is the film in microcosm, that it's yeah. successful, it's really good, it does well, it just doesn't... Yeah, necessarily it's, blow people don't away. Smash it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then, um, comparison films like, I don't know, Shawshank Redemption never had a big box office thing, but just grew and grew years yeah, later. Yeah, it's audience it's, on video, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Blade Runner, the thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just one of those films that's appreciated in retrospect. It's Ooh. is it one of the films that you hire? hold high in, in your kind of... It's one that I watch every couple of years. 
Yeah. And I have done since I first saw it. Do you know, I was trying to work out, did I see it because of the remake in the 90s or did say, I watch did it before? It cinema when it came I think out? I saw it before. Did you bastard? <laughs> <laughs> Saturday morning pictures. <laughs> yeah, 1954. I he was took there. his son. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Says Charles sitting on my daybed. With his feet not touching the floor. <laughs> like a little Chinese Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> Um, I think I saw it before the remake. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, Who was in the remake? Sorry, Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford played Linus and some Greg Kinnear. And it, Greg Kinnear was uh, oh, Sabrina. No, it was William Holden. Was <laughs> it Julia Ormond? Don't know. She had some brothers, didn't she? Oh come on, Ormond brothers. Come oh no, Ormond, Ormond. Can we get the top music, uh, Top Gear music playing? Did 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 Jess. <laughs> I think it was Julia, it wasn't, it was Julia Ormond, I think. It's nuts. Not Ormond. <laughs> oh. Talk amongst yourselves, listeners. It was... Frank Lampard? Julia Ormond, yes. <laughs> because Frank, why is yeah. there a picture of my, is that Michael J. Fox instead of Greg Kinnear? No, that is Greg Kinnear. It does look a little bit like him, I'm, I've, I think it's a gif and he's sure. shaking. I was going to say, no, he's keeping still. Roy Kinnear. Pilot by regards, Dad. Or was it Veruca Salt? Oh, it was Veruca Salt, wasn't it? Veruca! <laughs> Three Musketeers as well, wasn't he? Wasn't that his last film? It's the, one with, the Four Musketeers, the one where he fell off the horse. Probably broke the back, probably. We used to do ratings and stuff. We'd sort of stopped doing them. Yeah, you do them intermittently. Sure. We, let's bring it back then. You you like a ten star rating, Paul. I like I like a letterboxed five. I'll do five if you like. But you don't get the concept that like four out of five is is not the same as eight out of ten. Yes, it is. <laughs> Charlie, my maths brain says it is. <laughs> I, I struggle with the the ten rating because it it's like you have to give so many reasons because the number is more specific. Whereas a four-star film and encapsulate lots of different films of different levels of quality. Thank you. See, okay. Charlie has summed it up what I've been trying to take you for yeah. the last God knows how long. <laughs> I'll go with that. But you want to go out of like a letterbox five-star rating, you're going to go with... Four. Four. Charlie. Probably four as well. I'm trying to get out of the habit of doing three and a half. Four I and don't half. do half. Yeah. Stop that years I, I would probably push it to four and a half, but... It's I'd, a heavy four. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that it doesn't hit fire for me may be because the ending feels very reserved and just very... It's very quick. Yeah. It's like it, they, they've, they've they, been confined. Just a little bit rushed. Do you reckon yeah. that was the one they wrote in the lunch break? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like the touch of the hat. That was quite cool. But yeah. It's got the Homburg and that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's five for me. Okay. I, I wouldn't have an issue with but not, a, perfect, not a, a perfect movie not a perfect five but it would be five stars in yeah. the rating system I'll have to explain it to you sometime how my brain works with this you know. oh, I haven't got that much time mate <laughs> this could become a five over time I think if it if it yeah. continues to have a hold on me as it mm. does for you maybe. yeah but, and um, I, th- I think what it is for me it's it's not really the interaction between the characters. For me, it is the central performance of Audrey Hepburn in this, for me. 
It's, as I say, it's it's my fa- it's not my favourite Audrey Hepburn film. It's my favourite Audrey Hepburn performance. That, yeah, and they are yeah. fundamentally different. Yeah, films. yeah, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Um, she, she is sort of a mischievous, sort of flirty. It's that naive of, bit you yeah. said as well. The naivety that then develops into something completely different as the movie goes on. Uh, and it's just the comic asides and the side characters mm. that you notice on your second viewing, they become even funnier. I must say, though, in that first hour, I was still unsure as to where the film was going because the kind of getting together of Holden and, and Hepburn happened so early on that I thought, well, what what takes place now? I yeah. mean, is Bogart going to get involved in this? And yeah. What are his intentions? Yeah, if you mean? watch that without uh, reading the premise of it, you'd be like, Okay, where's this going? It's quite um, unconventional in that Yeah, sense. because you could see that Bogart was actually so much older. I mean, Holden was older, but Bogart was so much older. Than yeah. I've, I've seen Holden in films a long time after this as well, wasn't he? In Network, Network yeah. yeah. Towering Inferno Network in the 70s, yeah. yeah. All-round success then, chaps, I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, very enjoyable. We've got to decide between us because... I chose this movie, so it's going to be one of you two to pick the next. I think it's got to be Charlie. You think so? Because we reviewed Train Spotting was the last episode, but Charlie's nodding. I'm going to go with that then. Before we decide what we're doing next, do you fancy a little quiz? Oh, why not? Always yes, like please. a quiz. Okay, back after this. And now, from Norwich. It's the quiz of the week. Gentlemen, I'm going to suggest that it's going to be two points for a correct answer. If you get it wrong or don't know, we throw it open for a bonus point to your opponent. Sure. Yeah, go on in. We've got buzzers. Are we going to use the buzzers in this particular one, or is it going to be a question well, each? If you're going to question each, then we won't we need them. We're <laughs> going to need them. I still we want to make do, oh, Right, we may come up with a quick fire round afterwards. We'll go for it. We don't know how this is going to go. I've got no idea about this, guys. Can somebody throw the dice to determine who goes first, please? Ladies and gentlemen, this is really tension building. Charlie's thrown a five. Paul is thrown a six, oh, yeah. so Paul goes first. Paul, one to three. How are we going to do this? One to three Oscar winners, four, five, six is Trivial Soup? Yeah, no problem. Paul's thrown a two, wow. which is Oscar winners. Joy. <laughs> Wonderful. And I do warn you, I've just scanned through a couple of these, and they are. You've got to be a bit of a buff for these, okay? Question one. Which film was the first to win Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress and Best Screenplay? Wow. Jazz singer. Is incorrect. First talkie. Well, jazz singer was the first talkie in 1927 or whatever. There's two things I'm toying with here. I'm going to go with my gut instinct Mm -hmm. and say Gone With The Wind. It's a little bit before that. And it's Frank Capra, and it's, it happened one night. Ooh. The other one I was thinking of was much later. <laughs> the, there was, there was one that equaled that, and it took about 40 years. One for the cuckoo's He's next. the one to equal it, yes. So, no He's points. Fletcher. Charlie, if you could throw the dice up. 
But of course, one to three will get you an Oscars question. Four, five, six. Oh, two. Two. Oscars question. In what year did Bjork wear her famous swan dress to the Academy Awards ceremony? Guessing she would have been fairly global that by that point. I'm going to say 1998. It's not the right answer. For a, for a bonus point to Paul. 96. A little bit after, guys. 2001. Oh. Mm. So post Goldie. Was that... <laughs> Dancer in the Dark? It was, wasn't it? She was nominated for Dancer in the Dark, wasn't she? Lars von Trier. She Lars von Trier? released an album, a soundtrack album. Yes. It. Superb film. Very depressing. I haven't seen it. I can very imagine it being dep- really depressing. Very depressing. Great. It's a musical as well. Is it Icelandic? Or? It's, it's, it's in foreign. <laughs> it's in foreign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, if you could throw the dice, sir, please. Oh. Did you hear that noise, everyone? <laughs> <You've made laughs> yeah. Old man stretching for dice noise. <laughs> Trivial pursuit question. Yay. Entertainment. I'd love it if it was exactly the same as the <laughs> yeah. from the Who movie. Who won the Oscar? It's, 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 it's movie related. Oh. What instrument does Woody Allen play professionally? Oh. Famously, he doesn't go to the Oscars because he has the band practice, doesn't he, on the on the night of the Oscars, doesn't he? Is that well, right? I could imagine him a bit of a fiddler. <laughs> On the roof. You've made it anti-Semitic as well. Well done. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say violin. Bonus points. Violin. Yeah. Is not correct. Charlie for a bonus point. <laughs> it's going to be something relatively highbrow if it's him, isn't it? I think. I'm say the oboe. Not the pink oboe. <laughs> <laughs> it's the clarinet. Oh. Unlucky, Paul. Damn, old, I said that. The old jazz... No, you didn't. You said... No, I, honestly, I said it <laughs> afterwards. He mouthed it to me, but... Could, a bit of Ackerbilk. Oh, question number four, Charlie, Charlie please throw the dice. <laughs> That's a trivial pursuit question for Charlie. Who starred opposite Richard Beamer in West Side Story? Do you know, I've never seen West Side Story. It's one of Paul's favourite musicals as well, I believe. Oh. Oh, Actress. I'm going to pluck something at random, which I'm pretty sure isn't correct, but I'm just going to say Kim Novak. It's a good guess, but no. Maria. Yeah, <laughs> the sharks. <laughs> just met a girl named Maria. <laughs> I didn't know Morrissey was in it. Yeah. yeah. Natalie Wood. Would she? Thanks for the tip. Yes. <laughs> The only wood that doesn't float. Oh. Um, <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Told you Charlie brings the worst out of me. Charles. Has got one right yet? No. <laughs> we may have to go to the buzz around. Paul, sorry, it's yours, which is a four, which is a trivial pursuit question. Entertainment. Which dad's army performer was married to Hattie Jakes? John Lemessery. He's a two-point answer. Well done, well done sir. Wouldn't have got that. Charles. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Take a piss. Three. Three, so that's an Oscar question. Oh. Oh, great. In what year was the first Academy Award ceremony held? Ooh. 1923. It's close, but not the right answer. 29. 29 is correct. Oh. Point. oh. Far too early. Paul. Oh, yeah. 
question seven. Who knew I had this knowledge? Was that a guess? Yeah. <laughs> um, four. That is a Trivial Pursuit question. Good. <laughs> Who named himself after Long John Baldry and Elton Dean? Elton John. Exactly. <laughs> Two points. Hope you get an easy one next, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Do, oh. Charlie, question eight. Yeah. Which is an Oscars question. Ah. Sort of up your alley, mate. Ooh, ooh. Lovely. He's talking about and John. Oh, butt plugs. <laughs> in, which, in which film did Al Pacino win his first Academy Award? Oh, is it Godfather 2? It's not The Godfather 2. Godfather 3. No. Oh, silence. I know what it is, actually. It's a Centre for Woman, isn't it? Ooh, yes, it's Centre for Woman. I was going woman. far too early. De Niro got here for The Godfather 2, I think. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Poor question nine. That's a trivial pursuit again, isn't it? It is. <laughs> what TV theme is on Wings's album, Venus and Mars? I'm trying to think what songs are even on that album. Um, the... Professionals. No. <laughs> trying even just trying to think of the track list. So mm. is that what the man said on that album? Is that's it? the one I think, isn't it? Yeah. So it's after Band on the Run. When was Band on the Run? Seventy three. Seventy four. The. I'm gonna say Z cars. Same. You're the right era. The right era, obviously. Just thinking because Everton have it, and I'm thinking maybe a Liverpool connection. Crossroads. What? Oh, okay. That well, yeah. That's guitar-driven, isn't it? It's yeah. Weird though. Final question, Charlie. The ball's in your court for this one, mate. Paul's already won, I believe. Well, Paul's got five points. You can pull back two here, mate. Three, please. Which is a Oscar-y question type thing. What movie was mistakenly named Best Picture at the Academy Awards in 2017? Oh. La La Land. La La Land for two yeah, points. I remember that. Robin Beatty and Faye Dunaway yes. fucked it up, didn't they? Well, that was only because they were given the wrong cards. How does that happen? Mm. Like the most important night in the, the film most calendar. important award as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, as it stands, guys, at the end of ten questions, Paul's got five, Charlie's got two. That is very unusual. <laughs> I'd say it's comprehensive. <laughs> Would you like to do a buzz around just yeah. to just to flex your well, fingers? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't need to die, do we? Incredible. Puppy power. <laughs> the, te- the technology that goes into this show knows no bounds. I'm really annoyed with himself for not getting sent of a woman because I knew it had just went in too early. Yeah. Although I didn't know it was his first Academy Award... I knew it was his first uh, best actor, but I didn't know he hadn't won one at all before. too early on the scent of a woman. Well, (laughs) chance to be a fan thing. (laughs) Okay, guys, what I'm going to give you here... We're back to Woody Allen. (laughs) What I'm going to do is I'm going to describe a Disney movie in eight words. Just made the noise that Sideshow Bob makes when he steps into the rake. (laughs) Rake. Rake. Right, okay. Eight word description of a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Buzz in. Can Charlie see the screen? No, they're very small no, writing. No. I can't even see the screen without <laughs> squinting, guys, to be honest. It's written in colour. Yeah, it is. It's written oh, in yeah. foreign. I forgot about that. <laughs> okay. 
What Disney movie is this? Fastest Finger First. Arabian Thief wishes Charlie. Aladdin. Aladdin for a point. Likes to get Aladdin. This is descended into carry on. We've already had a Hattie Jakes question. (laughs) (laughs) Queen orders stepdaughter's murder. Sleeping Beauty. I'll give you the rest of the question, Paul. Queen orders stepdaughter's murder. Stepdaughter befriends small men. Snow White. One of the two. Next question. New Orleans waitress falls for voodoo-inflicted amphibian. Charlie. Princess and the Frog. Princess and the Frog. Disney, for fuck's sake. <laughs> You're doing all right. <laughs> yeah. I haven't even pressed me buzzer yet. Why are you complaining? <laughs> Flying big-eared mammal. Charlie again. Oh. Dumbo. Dumbo. Sorry, I just have to go for the jugular now. <laughs> Next question. Puppy befriends but later hunts... Fox and the Hound. <laughs> a wild vulpine was the next three words. Dogs fall in love and share... <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Do you want that, Mason? No. Lady oh. and Tramp. And share a spaghetti dinner. Oh, yeah. and all that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for being a hothead. Yeah, you hothead. Uh, mice save orphan girl. The rescuers. From wicked kidnapper Love woman. Great, isn't it? The rescuers. The rescuers. <laughs> Hunters shoot title character's mum. Charlie. Bambi. Paul, oh, come on. Just... Scorned witch makes a gorgeous royal woman tired. Charlie. Sleep with beauty. <laughs> is, it, is the battery one out? Yeah, I think so. Is it? In the brain. Oh, is it still working? Oh, it's okay. Should oh. have lied. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got another two buzzers. Oh, it's I fine. Think, yeah. Asian girl dresses like a dude. Paul. Mahana. Charlie. Asian girl dresses like a dude, joins army. Mulan. Mulan. Well, a decent guess. One continent, and that? But yeah, I was thinking yeah. Pocahontas, and then yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. It's also the one continent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Prince Philip lives on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next question. Slitty-eyed bird. Yeah. Um, land. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Hawaiian girl. Oh... <laughs> I must hurry you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Mahana? Charlie, Hawaiian girl and cute alien stay on Earth. Oh, fuck. Your daughter's favourite movie. <laughs> Lilo and Stitch. It is. But oh, okay. I've, I've never, yeah. I've never have got that. At the moment, it's 8-2. Should we give him that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, you got it work. <laughs> yeah, but he also didn't. <laughs> no, but I thought Moana was maybe... Based in Hawaii. Yeah, well, you can yeah. listen to the whole eight words, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Old woman's felines are left in... 101 Dalmatians. Paul, are left in butler's hands. Aristocrats. Aristocats. Felines, fucking old. <laughs> Canine, feline. <laughs> oh, what a mum. Disfigured bell ringer. Charlie. Hunchback and not your dog. Falls in love, doesn't get girl. Cursed monster prince with withering. 
Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast with Withering Rose finds love. With a wing rose. With a wing rose, yes. <laughs> I went out with her, with wing rose. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Angelina. <laughs> <laughs> love story about Native American... Paul. Pocahontas. Native American girl and Buried settler. up the road. <laughs> yeah, Draysend. Man raised by gorillas. Paul. Jungle Book. Falls for oh, Professor's Daughter. Bollocks. George of the Jungle. Tarzan. Tarzan. There was a cartoon version of Tarzan from Disney. Oh, yeah, there was. Phil Collins. There? You'll be in my heart. Yes, indeed. On a Grammy. Children fly. Paul. Pete Pan. Wench receives magical assistance, then loses her shoe. Paul. Cinderella. He's got it back, hasn't he? It's 9-8 to Charlie at the moment. I've I've, I've folded it. Newcastle in 1996. (laughs) We've got three questions left, guys. It's 9-8 to Charlie. Wolf raised orphan. Paul. Jungle Book. Wolf raised orphan refuses to join human community. Nine all. Two questions left. Girl falls in hole. Fights giant playing card. Paul. Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Nice one. Charlie, if you get this, it will be a tie. Spotted puppies avoid futures. Charlie. <laughs> Third time lucky. One hundred and one Dalmatians. No, it's one hundred and two Dalmatians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a live action remake. Yeah. Glenn Close. That was fair. Ten all. Well played. You've Little, won overall. Clawed that back from. <laughs> Little bit of fun there, guys. We'll probably do six degrees of separation at some point in a future. It's weird though, you can have a lot of Disney knowledge even with not seeing many of the films. Yeah, and and just eight words in the description. Disney always comes up as a theme round on quizzes Mm. because it's very sort of democratic. And it it is, you you watch it as kids, you then watch it again as parents as well. I thought some of those clues were a lot more cryptic than others as well like Arabian Thief you just know straight away but if it's you had to work a bit harder for your answers I think well done there we go guys so that's fair absolutely fair let's take a short break we'll be back with Charlie's choice for what we're watching next time Well, I need something for my son's birthday. Ah, perhaps this will please the gentleman. Take this object, but beware, it carries a terrible curse. Ooh, that's bad. But it comes with a free frogut. That's good. The frogut is also cursed. That's bad. But you get your choice of topping. That's good. The toppings contain potassium benzoate. That's bad. Can I go now? And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Okay, guys, so that's just 
running towards the end of the show this week. We've had a great laugh watching Sabrina. We enjoyed that, didn't we, I think? We did. Very much so. Yeah. Um, more Billy Wilder for you to watch, mate, and more Audrey Hepburn, Paul, yeah. yeah. A few more Billy Wilders for you as well, Charlie. I think, there's there's a lot out there, stuff like Ace in the Hole. <gasps> and, um... <laughs> <laughs> that was that was <laughs> I'm taking Tanya to see Honey I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> Not there, Albert. <laughs> Ace in the hole. I'm going to do that every time you say Ace in the hole. <laughs> I probably won't mention it again. So, as you're back, you ain't going anywhere. I think you ain't you seen nothing to, yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. I think it's. I think it's only right that you choose the next movie for me and Paul, mate. Where are we going? Cast your mind back to 1975. I was five. Yep. He was a teenager. Based <laughs> on an album released six years previously. Get in, my son. <laughs> and directed by Ken Russell. You've been crying out to do this for a long, long time. We were going to do this on Real Britannia. They were involved very much. The artists were very much involved and starred in the film as well. Mm-hmm. The album was Tommy. Yeah. As is the film. I love that movie. I have never seen it. It's in for a treat, Charles. That, that, that is great. The fact that we get a first-time reaction for a film like that. Yeah. We were going to do that for Real Britannia, but I think it is a bit of a transatlantic film, though. Yeah. Even though it's it, like the who are British bands, it, it kind of. It's got a couple of American stars. Jack Nicholson's in it. Tina Mark, Turner. Really. Yeah. So it's a rock opera. Eric Clapton again. You're not averse to musicals as such. Absolutely not. No. You like a bit of classic rock. Love it. Elton John in his high heels. It's it's the one with the platform shoes and the pink wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very much a music that, musical that stands. I, I think side. I've heard a lot of the music from it. You know, I've just never it, seen I mean, the actual film. Yeah, it's yeah. a classic album. It's, it's yeah. considered as one of, if need, if the not the first sort of major rock opera as mm. well. Tommy, mm. the album, yeah. but um. Yeah, I'd be very interested to hear what you think of that. No, I, I'm looking forward to that. I do like uh, I I like the Who anyway, yeah. and um, Elton John is fine with me. I'm not so much a Tina Turner fan, but she only does Acid Queen, doesn't she? One one song. She does Acid. A song called Acid. Oh, she is the Acid Queen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, okay. You've also yeah. got uh, Robert Powell plays his father. You've got Captain Oliver Reed. Walker. Oliver Reed is the oh, right, stepfather. Okay. So yeah, there's famous stars, stars, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, Jack Nicholson, what you say. Yeah, and it was... I remember the first time I saw it, I mean, just sort of giving you a peek behind the curtain before we go into the review, I saw it when the BBC gave it its premiere, early 80s, and there was headlines in The Sun and all other papers leading up to it saying, controversial movie with all mm. these... And there are some... Scenes that we will have to talk about, Charlie, mate, obviously, isn't there? In this is, without going into it, this is a film that I've probably watched far too young and it kind of scarred me a bit. Mm. It's, it's not no. your all singing, all dancing, light and fluffy musical, put it that it's way. It's not singing in the rain, then. No. Maybe if you're talking about singing in the rain from a clockwork orange, but... Singing in the beans, I'd call it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know what we mean when we do Okay, <laughs> I look forward to that. Excellent choice, Charlie been great to have you back again mate. been absolutely brilliant to be here Paul not so great but it's fine yeah <laughs> you can't get rid of me now no, no, he's, look what I've been lumbered with for the last three years he's a fixed <laughs> <laughs> see you both in a couple of weeks time guys see you later see you later, later.
management of this theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Astrid Arms, that infernal jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. When you fail down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown. Try positive thinking. Laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side. On hope so much depends. With your confidence sinking. Positive thinking helps you on the way, my friend. When things look black, try positive thinking. Treat every season as spring. No glancing back. Try positive thinking. Trust what tomorrow may bring. This crazy world that we live in will keep on spinning round. But with good, strong, positive thinking, We'll get together and life won't let us down. Shut up, you ugly bitch. Oh, shut up. We enjoy it.